Hello, Riverside, San Bernardino, Inland Empire, and listeners around the world. Welcome to the Truth Seekers radio show. I'm your host, Angeline Marie. Thanks for taking the time to join us. We're broadcasting from our flagship station, KCAA, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. If you're located in the Southern California Inland Empire, you'll find us on KCAA 1050 on the AM dial. But if not, you can find us streaming on kcaaradio.com or talkstreamlive.com. You can also hear our program rebroadcast on Liberty Works Radio Network at libertyworksradionetwork.com or on Red State Talk Radio at redstatetalkradio.com. And you can check their website for broadcast days and times. Also, you can always find podcasts posted on kcaaradio.com to listen at your leisure. And you can learn more about our show at truthseekersradioshow.com. Today, my guest is Will Estrada. He's a staff attorney and director of the Federal PAC Homeschool Legal Defense Association. And we're going to discuss the Common Core Standards, which is a federal education initiative that seeks to bring all state education curricula into alignment with each other. Will Estrada is a homeschool graduate from Pennsylvania and the eldest of eight children. He began working for Homeschool Legal Defense Association in January 2004, and after graduating from Oak Brook College of Law, he moved to the organization's federal lobbying arm as the Director of Federal uh, Relations. And as the organization's representative on Capitol Hill, he uses his enthusiasm for homeschooling to advocate for all homeschoolers before Congress and the federal departments. He also restarted the organization's Congressional Action Program to train local homeschooling families and how to effectively lobby their congressional representatives on matters that affect homeschoolers. So if you would help me welcome Will Estrada. How are you doing today, Will? Angeline, I'm doing great, and it's great to join all of you in sunny California from our office here in sunny uh, Virginia. Great. Well, listen, we do appreciate your time today to talk about this important subject. So, Will, I've kind of become a little familiar with Common Core, although I had never really heard of it before. So just what exactly are the Common Core standards, and then, Will, how did you get involved in it? Well, those are those are two great questions, Angeline. And first, let me uh, answer what are the standards. Um, these are what are called the Common Core State Standards Initiative. It came out of the National Governors Association and the Council of Chief State School Officials, which are kind of two um, non-governmental entities that most people have never heard of. They write policy. They give recommendations to the governors and to the states. And the goal was to create national standards. The argument is, well, let's make sure that kids in California learn the same things that kids in Massachusetts learn, and let's make it easier for all the schools. We'll have one common denominator. And so they drafted up these standards in math and English language arts. The the uh, interesting thing to note is that the goal of having a national curriculum or national standards is not something that's new. Uh, people who I'll term the educational elites and the educational establishment have long been trying to do this. We had Goals 2000 back in the 90s. We had, uh, and part of that was the very controversial outcome-based education. Then we had No Child Left Behind in 2001, which, while I don't think it was as bad as the Common Core, it still created these these um, federal benchmarks, these federal standards that students had to meet. And uh, I thought the failure of No Child child left behind would show that Washington setting the goals, you know, having a one-size-fits-all approach to education is not best for our children and that people would learn. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And so in 2009, we first saw the Common Core cross our desk with the stimulus bill. Remember, President Obama had just become elected. He had strong Democrat majorities in the House and Senate. And so they passed this bill to create, to um, put billions, hundreds of billions of dollars ostensibly into the economy to help against the recession. One of the provisions in the stimulus bill was called Race to the Top. And Race to the Top was the federal carrot 
that really pressured the states to adopt the Common Core. The Common Core had been around for a little for a while, for several years. In 2008, National Governors Association released the benchmarks and released the standards. They said, well, wouldn't it be great if the states would adopt the uh, standards? But they couldn't get the states to adopt them. The standards as drafted, the states were saying, why should we adopt these Common Core standards? For example, Massachusetts had some of the best mathematics standards. Virginia had adopted the SOLs, the standards of learning. So the states were hesitant to adopt the Common Core. But then you had the economic downturn. You had state departments of education, state governments that were just gasping for money and enter race to the top. It was over $4 billion that would go to states, and there was this uh, multi-point criteria that states could adopt. They would go into this uh, competition to try and get the race to the top funds. And Angeline, one of the provisions was that states adopt these college and career-ready standards, which were the Common Core. And immediately after that, we saw the states start falling like dominoes to adopt the Common Core. And that was really the uh, the first great concern that HSLDA, that homeschoolers, that many people who say we should have less federal involvement in education, more local control in education, that was really where much of our concern came from. We said, why is the federal government using the power of the dollar to incentivize the states to adopt the Common Core. If these standards are really great, you know, why shouldn't these states adopt them on their own? Why shouldn't local school districts look at these standards and adopt them? Instead, we feel at a time when there was great economic duress, the administration used race to the top to pressure states to adopt the Common Core. So the states immediately fell in line without uh, hardly any oversight or any uh, votes in the state legislatures. Governors and state boards of education jumped on board the Common Core. There are only uh, five states that have refused to adopt all of the Common Core. Those states are Alaska, Texas, Virginia, um, Minnesota, and Nebraska. And with, those, with the exception of those five states, every other state in the nation and the District of Columbia has adopted the Common Core. So we were putting out information saying, well, this is, this is problematic. And essentially, at Homeschool Legal Defense, our primary opposition to the Common Core comes from a philosophical point of view. And we say, who is best suited to educate the child? Should it be central education planners? Should it be parents, local school districts? And we believe that the success of homeschooling, Angeline, shows that when parents, when teachers, when local school districts, when the people who actually see the kids are involved, and they're the ones who are making the decisions, that's when you'll see the greatest educational success. And the problem with the Common Core is that these standards create a one-size-fits-all approach to education, and they really rest on the philosophical assumption that every child must learn the same things at the same speed. At Homeschool Legal Defense, Angeline, I believe firmly as a homeschool graduate, as someone who saw firsthand that you know we all learn differently, that, that every child is unique, that every child is special. We all have strengths and weaknesses, and we believe that the massive success of homeschooling shows that the key to educational success is empowering parents and teachers, not educational bureaucrats. So you know, as public school test scores and graduation rates continue to fall, it's disappointing to see that the Common Core really follows that same failed approach of greater national control over education instead of empowering parents, teachers, and local schools. And I think, Angeline, that that's really why in 2013, we've seen immediately this huge groundswell come out opposing the Common Core. It's been around since since 2009 with Race to the Top uh, after the stimulus and the states adopting the Common Core. But the reason why people are just now, I think, coming out and you even see teachers unions opposing the Common Core and teachers and school administrators and public school parents and private school parents and homeschool parents, they're all saying – wait a minute, what's, all, what's being implemented in our classrooms now without our approval, without our permission, without us having a say-so, and the more people get into the Common Core, the more concerns they have. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, well, listen, when we come back, I like to talk about who's really uh, behind outlining some of these standards, but we've got to take a break. So listeners, today my guest, Will Estrada, Director of Home School Legal Defense Association, We'll be back momentarily on the True Seekers radio show.
thousands of years, people from the Brazilian rainforest have used the Asahi berry for its amazing health benefits. Now we've learned it's also an amazing weight loss supplement. If you're looking to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds or more, then the Ultimate Asahi Diet may be your solution. The Ultimate Asahi Diet is loaded with pure organic Asahi extract powder and other great herbs like hudia and green tea. You'll burn fat, control your appetite, and get an energy surge like you've never felt before. If you want to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds, order the Ultimate Asahi Diet right now. We'll even give you a free bottle when you order two, plus give you free shipping. Call 800-430-4147, Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. In a nation that has lost its way, Essays in Liberty is an important work. There has never been a time since the American Revolution that has called for a greater effort in teaching the principles of liberty. The vast majority of America has become liberty illiterate. Help revive our founders' vision of a constitutional representative republic. Fight for freedom today. Essays in Liberty will equip you to do just that. Order Dr. David Berman's latest book, Essays in Liberty, at smellthetruth.com. That's smellthetruth.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the True Seekers radio show today. My guest is Will Estrada, Director of Home School Legal Defense Association. We're discussing Common Core Standards. So, Will, as far as the standards, is there anybody locally on the local level, like school district officials that are maybe putting any input into these standards? I mean, who's behind outlining the standards? Well, uh, that is a great question, Angeline. The standards have been outlined, and here's where it kind of gets murky and where I think that there's been a little bit of confusion on on both sides. Um, the standards are really being pushed by a lot of large organizations. You have the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation putting in $100 million. You have the College Board and David Coleman. You have, of course, the National Governors Association, the Council of Chief State School Officials. So a lot of big uh, organizations. You kind of have these corporations, these governmental entities. The the U.S. Department of Education is heavily involved. Um, but you've you've left out someone very critical. You've left out the teachers. You you've left out the parents, and that's where a lot of the frustration is coming from. So these standards have been formulated. The standards have been adopted, and now we're in the process of where they're being implemented. And uh, there's always been tension, Angeline, between uh, teachers and parents and the school boards who are saying, well, this is the new curriculum we're going to have, and concern among the parents of saying, well, what if we don't want these issues to be taught? And we see it many times in the area of sex education or in history, um, that that's usually where this comes up. The, the, the problem with the Common Core, however, is because it's such a top-down approach to what uh, is going to be taught, what kids are going to learn, and now as the uh, recommendations are coming out of what textbooks teachers should use and how they should actually do the teaching, it's really, I, I believe, impinging and, and infringing on the ability of teachers to choose the best educational method for their children. And we're starting to see more and more local school districts in California. I know there are several in Northern California uh, that have opposed the Common Core, but really all across the nation of, of teachers' unions, of parents, of PTA associations saying, wait a minute, this is making it more difficult for us to teach our kids. And I'm going to give you a, a few 
concrete examples here. But first, I, I you know, I, I love the classics. I love poets, and I love the Irish poet William Butler Yeats, who said, "Education is not about filling a pail, but lighting a fire." And that should be the focus of our education. Angeline, my dad is a, uh, he just retired from 34 years of special education in the state of New York. So even though I was homeschooled, even though at Homeschool Legal Defense we focus on homeschooling, I have a great deal of respect for the talented teachers who are in public schools. And you ask any one of them, what, how, what do you need to be able to teach these, these, these important concepts to young people? And they'll say they need the flexibility. They'll say that, they, that every child is different and they learn differently. So here's one of the concrete ways that the Common Core, I think, hurts the ability of talented teachers to tailor their curriculum to their individual students. One of the requirements in the English language arts standards uh, are that 70% of all the reading material has to be informational text. And the Common Core has given us some recommendations of what teachers should use. And one of these is an Obama executive order. And it's an incredibly boring Obama executive order. It has mm -hmm. to do with labor statistics. But why are we having kids read executive orders? Again, it should be that love of learning, that lighting a fire uh, that will then follow that student. And instead, it seems that more and more our public education, and as, as you know, really identified at the Common Core, is just filling up this pail of education killing the love of learning, and I think it's going to be very detrimental to our children's education and to the future of our country. Some of the other examples in the English language arts are they say, oh, well, we're going to read the Gettysburg Address. We're going to read the uh, letters from a Birmingham prison from Martin Luther King Jr., but there's a very big emphasis in the Common Core English language arts on the reading as a standalone, and they don't get into the historical background of what the kids are reading. And how does this work? How do you lose the power of the Gettysburg Address? You lose the power of letters from a Birmingham prison if you don't have the context of what happened, of Martin Luther King Jr. was fighting for civil rights. He was in prison because of what he believed. He penned these powerful words. And if you're not teaching the, uh, the, the background, the context of this, of this reading, even though it's not informational text, you're losing a, a huge amount of beauty. On the math standards, one of the concerns, and, and some of the people who actually were on the panels that drafted the Common Core math standards, they refused to sign off because the standards only go to Algebra 2 for the highest levels of mathematics. Most of the good colleges, if you want a, a STEM, science, technology, and engineering and math background, you need to go into pre-calculus, and the standards don't even get into that. So it, what, what some of the people who even have worked on drafting the Common Core have said is that we're standardizing mediocrity. We're not having in our public school classrooms that, are, that have adopted the Common Core and the states that have adopted the Common Core, we're not having a framework that's going to really give students the chance to excel. And that's what happens when you have a top-down, nationalized, centralized approach to education. Mm -hmm. And, you know, going back to you were talking about some large organizations that were throwing money at this. So that being said, then would you say or would it be fair to say that just maybe Common Core is going to have a certain philosophical, maybe even political bias toward it? Well, I, I think that's the case. I think um, in all fairness to the people who have, uh, who have promoted the Common Core, they've only focused on the math and English language arts, and that mm -hmm. is a very large reason for why they're starting to come down now with science standards, with history standards, but they're so incredibly controversial that they are not catching the steam anywhere. The science standards, for example, are very heavily focused on the global warming issue, and uh, some people have said you know, it, it just focuses so much on teaching evolution as fact that there are some people in the intelligent design who have concerns about that as well. So I think we're seeing more of the philosophical framework with the release of the science and the history standards. But again, those are not necessarily part of the Common Core. They've been drafted by many of the people involved in the Common Core. But right now, the Common Core is just focused on the math and English language arts. On the other hand, however, and this is where we have long-term concern at Homeschool Legal Defense, 
if we have a national set of standards, and, and here it's so far just math and English language arts, so far it hasn't become history and science and other issues, but if we have a national curriculum, national standards, and this is what it's turning into, national testing as well, our concern is that down the road, homeschoolers and private schoolers, people who right now the Common Core does not apply to them, but our concern is that one day it will be incorporated into us. If, if we have all these standards, nationalized, one-size-fits-all, people are going to say, well, why aren't the homeschoolers, why aren't the private school students learning this same curriculum and being tested on these same things, and uh, we'll lose what makes homeschooling and private schooling so attractive, that parents can choose the best curriculum for their children. And one way that we're already kind of seeing uh, homeschoolers and private schoolers being sucked into the Common Core is with the testing. The uh, the College Board is, is, is heavily behind the Common Core, and uh, they are talking about changing the SAT, changing the ACT to align with the Common Core. And this is something we're watching. You know, there's a, there's a certain extent of we believe that the Common Core is a very mediocre set of standards, and homeschoolers and private schoolers and, and many public school students are doing so well academically that they're so far advanced and above it that they're going to do well regardless of how the tests are, are written. But there's always that concern that if you leave educate, the, deciding what kids are going to learn, how they're going to learn it, if you leave it in the hands of the educational elites, then you've lost something. And down the road, it could be used to control the education of children. Mm -hmm. If you had to guess, Will, about what percentage of parents even know about this Common Core Standards, because that's how I, I first heard about it. I heard a woman from Indiana. She was a mother, and... She was no longer Was able. it Heather Crossan or Erin yeah, Tuttle? I think I think it was what was Erin? Is that what Erin Tuttle? I think I had it the was her. To meet her. She's a she's a champion. Well you see, she didn't even know about it until she found that she could no longer help her child with math homework and then she she stumbled onto it and said, Oh my goodness, what's going on? They're not doing math the way they used to do it, and that's how I believe she got involved. So Obviously, this is not common knowledge with parents, so I was just curious if you knew about maybe what percentage of parents do know about Common Core. You know, uh, Angeline, the uh, Common Core has been around since 2009 with Race to the Top, and uh, back then, no one knew about the Common Core. We were putting out information about it, you know, everyone was yawning, and it was this year when parents started seeing the homework coming back and saying, wait a minute, what is this new way of math that they're having kids do? What, why are we reading um, Obama executive orders instead of the classics that they really began sitting up and, and then they were told by teachers, well, this is the new Common Core, this is the way we have to teach, mm -hmm. and then uh, you know, all heck broke loose. And parents are saying, wait a minute, you, this may sound great in some boardroom, but our kids only get one chance to learn how to read, to learn how to write, to learn the classics, to learn mathematics, and we don't want to mess with our children's future. I had the privilege to um, listen to Aaron Tuttle uh, speak at a um and then the meter afterwards at a conference at Notre Dame about the Common Core. She's an average, ordinary mom, just like so many of our listeners. And her daughter came home with the homework. And, and one of the ones which really made her upset was her daughter had a question. Actually, this is one of the other ladies. I think her name was uh, Heather Crossan. Mm -hmm. And her daughter came, and the question was, which is greater, 480 or 438? And uh, Heather's daughter said, well, 480 is much greater than 438. And she got the answer wrong because they wanted her to do this long, convoluted way of moving numbers around to show that 480 is greater than 438. You know, in some advanced math concepts, that's where you've got to go. You've got to dig into why you get these answers on the proofs. But when you've got a, a young student, you, again, don't want to kill that, that love of learning by just forcing down one way of doing mathematics. It's, it's not a recipe for success. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, listen, well, it's time for us to take our second break, so hold those thoughts. And uh, listeners, today my guest, Will Estrada, Director of Home School Legal Defense Association. We're discussing Common Core Standards, and we'll be back momentarily on the Truth Seekers Radio Show.
When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-948-6817. 800-948-6817. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-948-6817 800-948-6817 Millions take comfort in God's Word on a daily basis. But what about the ones who cannot hear these precious words of truth? Where would I find hope? Imagine God's Word in the tongue of those who thirst for the same hope you enjoy on a daily basis. You can help them experience the same blessings you take for granted. This book is like a GPS system. I turn to it to chart my course as I begin each new day. Help someone hear God's Word for the first time by becoming a Wycliffe Associates volunteer and take part in the goal of Vision 2025, helping start a Bible translation in every language that needs one by the year 2025. Find out more by calling 800-THE-WORD. Who will show me the way? Make a difference and help share the hope of God's living word. Call 1-800-THE-WORD. That's 800-843-9673. Or go to our website at WycliffeAssociates.org and find out how you can become a Wycliffe Associates volunteer. Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers radio show. Today, my guest is Will Estrada, director of Home School Legal Defense Association, and we're discussing Common Core standards. And Will, if anybody has any questions out there, do you have a web address where they can get more information or any contact information that you'd like to give out to the listeners? Angeline, thanks so much for asking. Our webpage is www.hslda.org, and we have a microsite. It's www.hslda.org slash common core. And we have, we have hundreds of pages of everything you need, as well as it broken down into small bite-sized points as well of all the concerns with the common core and, and how parents can, can learn more about this issue and then how they can get involved if they want to push back against it. Okay. Now, Will, I thought I heard you in another interview say that with this Common Core, that they're compiling student and family data in a federal database. Now, what in the world would they need with this information? I mean, why are they building these profiles on students and their families? What does that have to do with education? It's a great question, Angeline, and if we believe that education is about, as again, the Irish poet William Butler Yeats said, the lighting of a fire, then why do we need to include all this data on students? It goes way back to 2009 with the stimulus bill, and in addition to creating Race to the Top, which was the federal carrot to incentivize the states to adopt the Common Core, they also had a program in there called the State Fiscal Stabilization Fund, and that started up the federal funding for these databases. In 2011, as well as part of the database issue, the Department of Education quietly changed the uh, FERPA law, which is, of course, the 1974 Family uh, Educational Rights and Privacy Act law, which protects so much student data from being sold, from being shared, from being put in any way that could hurt the privacy of students and families. And the Department of Education quietly changed the regulations on their own they had no backing in, in law or any changes to do that, but they changed who could receive the student data, and they broadened it to include 
not just what it had been of parents, uh, law enforcement if necessary, other schools, to include businesses, to include uh, anyone in the educational field, to include basically anyone who was involved in um, and really, it, they broadened it so almost anyone can access this student data. There was a lawsuit that was filed from a, a um, privacy organization called Epic, and unfortunately, their lawsuit was just thrown out. But the lawsuit alleged that the Department of Education acted illegally because they had no law backing up this change to the FERPA statute, just which they did by regulation. But what this means now is that the data of students can be shared. Now, it's important to point out the Common Core, the math and English language arts standards, are not part of the database. The Common Core is, incredible, is completely separate. But the same people and organizations uh, who are pushing the Common Core are also pushing these massive student databases. You have David Coleman, who is one of the architects of the Common Core, who's now over at College Board, and he is heavily involved in these databases. Um, you have the National Governors Association and the Council of Chief State School Officials who also are involved in the databases. And we're kind of seeing these databases follow along with the Common Core. So again, they're separate. The, they're, they're two separate um, issues that are going on, but they're being pushed by many of the same people, and they have the same goal. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation started up this massive database. It's called InBloom. It had over 400 points of data on every student, everything from their allergies to their, their GPA to what their favorite classes are uh, to their home life and home situation. It was incredibly invasive. Nine states signed on to InBloom, and they said, what we're going to do is start sharing data between the states, um, and we're going to, this is going to be terrific. So many people uh, complained about it, and there was such a huge furor that of all those nine states, only two are still saying they're in, in bloom. Those are Illinois and New York. Those two states have really heavily backed off, saying, well, before we adopt in bloom, we're going to put in many protections. But these databases are still there. They're not going away. They're kind of behind the scenes. And we as parents need to really be vigilant in saying, why are you trying to take my students' data? Where's it going? Who is going to be seeing it? And protecting our, our kids from having this record following them forever, being shared between big businesses and between the government. Frankly, at Homeschool Legal Defense, we think that these, these databases are an incredible breach of family and student privacy, and, and we think it's incredibly dangerous. Mm -hmm. Even if you trust the government to have all this data on your kids, and with the healthcare.gov website problems, I think a lot of us are saying, do we trust the government to have all this data? But even if you do trust them, there's the ability for this to be hacked by hackers, to be lost, to be inadvertently uh, um, misplaced. And I think we all would agree that the safety and privacy of our children is more important than having this big record following them from, from when they're in pre-K to beyond. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you said about five or six states had not yet really accepted this yet. What are those states again, and what reasons are, there, are they giving for stalling or fighting Common Core? Well, there are several uh, reasons, and the states, real quickly, are Minnesota, Nebraska, Alaska, Virginia, and Texas. So Minnesota, Nebraska, Alaska, Virginia, and Texas. Mm -hmm. Those are the, uh, the five states. It's important to point out Minnesota has in part adopted the Common Core, but not completely. Um, but those five states are the bulwark against the Common Core, and I think as long as they remain firm against the Common Core, it will be the biggest thing that we can do to protect against a national set of standards leading to national curriculum and national testing. Um, there's been several reasons. Texas, I think it's part of their, of their you know, proud tradition of, you know, we're not going to adopt this one-size-fits-all federal government type of thing. The Texas legislature actually passed, I think it was 400 to 2 vote or something like that. It was practically unanimous, saying they will never, ever adopt the Common Core. In Virginia, the opposition to the Common Core is more along the lines of, well, we don't think we need it because our standards of learning are so much higher, which are the state standards, are so much more rigorous and higher than the Common Core. And that's, uh, it's, it's kind of between those two with the other states of Alaska, Nebraska, Minnesota not adopting the Common Core. Since, since uh, all the opposition has come out, however, more and more states are really starting to take a hard look at the Common Core. 
in addition to the concerns about a uh, about academic mediocrity in the standards and in, in addition to the concerns about losing uh, parent and local autonomy and surrendering it to uh, a one-size-fits-all approach in education states are also realizing this is incredibly expensive there are mandates to follow we have to change all of our curriculum and they're saying is this really something we should do especially after spending years and hundreds of millions of dollars in adopting their own standards and we've seen indiana they uh, paused the common core until they can better understand it pennsylvania the um, uh, governor of pennsylvania tom corbett he uh, uh, ordered the Department of Education in Pennsylvania to also pause the Common Core till they can figure out how expensive it's going to be. In Michigan, they have also paused the Common Core, um, and more and more states are looking at this as well. We're seeing Governor Scott Walker in Wisconsin. Um, we're seeing Florida. We're seeing Louisiana and other states, as, as more comes out about the Common Core, saying, wait a minute, we don't know if this is right for our kids. And it, it really underscores, Angeline, that I encourage every parent, whether your kids are in public school, private school, or homeschool, find out about the Common Core. Listen to radio shows like this one. Visit our webpage at hslda.org slash Common Core, and then speak out. Contact your state legislators. Contact your governor. Let them know what you think about the Common Core, because that's the only way it's going to be stopped if, uh, if you believe it's, it's detrimental, as I do to our educational system. And Will, how does it affect homeschooling and private schools at this point in time? The good news, Angeline, is that the Common Core does not impact homeschools and private schools at this, at this time. It's solely for public schools. It uh, does not change what homeschool parents or private schools have to teach. As we said previously, however, we're very concerned about two things. First, if this were to become a truly national curriculum and national set of standards, we're very worried that down the road people will say, why are homeschoolers, why are private schools exempt from the Common Core? Let's make sure they really know because uh, we can't tell if they're, if they're getting a good education because they're not taking the same tests. And uh, we could see legislation introduced to force us to teach the Common Core and to change our, our curriculums in homeschools and private schools. The other concern is, is kind of more something we're already seeing. As the tests are changed, the ACT, the SAT, uh, it could impact homeschoolers and private schoolers because they may not be learning the same things as they're learning in the public school, and they could be at a disadvantage on these tests. Another big concern is there's this huge focus in the Common Core on college and career ready. And we're starting to hear of colleges starting to uh, change their admission requirements to look for students who have uh, uh, gone through a Common Core education. And that's something I think that will hurt higher education and could potentially hurt the uh, freedom of homeschoolers and private schoolers to choose the best curriculum for their kids. And, Will, how has it gotten this far already? I mean, do you think it's because the parents – haven't really cared much or do you think it's the at the local level that they don't care much or I mean what is the reason how, how did it even get this far I would say two reasons money and lack of parental involvement the first one is you had the Obama administration grease the wheels with the race to the top uh, billions of dollars in the 2009 stimulus bill and uh, you also have many of these big businesses, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which I would think also has a conflict of interest in that they're selling these databases, which kind of fit in with the Common Core and everything. So you have a lot of money being thrown out there. And then the other thing is, unfortunately, there are many, um, many otherwise good parents, uh, and their kids are attending public school. And for so long, they've been told, just drop your kids off, show up at one or two PTA meetings a year, and leave your kids' education to us. And they haven't been as engaged as they should be in their child's education. And, uh, you know, I don't care if your kids are being homeschooled, private schooled, or in public schooled. Uh, the best educational success happens when families are involved in the child's education. And the success of homeschooling, our, our students' academic success and social success, I think really shows that you've got to have parental involvement. And on, on the bright side, Angeline, one of the exciting things that I'm seeing with this battle over the Common Core is that we're seeing public school parents, private school parents, and homeschool parents come together and fight 
for the ability to make educational decisions in their schools. The homeschoolers aren't sitting it out and saying, well, it doesn't affect us right now. We're just mm-hmm. going to let the public schoolers face it on their own. Public school parents are saying, wait a minute, we've got to be involved in our child's education. We want control of our, of our schools. And it's, I think it's actually very encouraging. And, and I'm, I'm optimistic that we're going to win this battle. Uh, it might take a while. I mentioned Goals 2000 back in the 90s. It took over 10 years to finally end that program. Uh, but, but I think we'll be successful because of parents standing up and saying these are our children. They only have one chance to learn these, uh, these important concepts before they're out in college and then in careers. And we've got to make sure they get the best education they can. Okay, well, well, we got to take our last break. Listeners, today my guest is Will Estrada, Director of Home School Legal Defense Association, and we're discussing Common Core Standards. We'll be back momentarily on the Truth Seekers radio show. There are three letters in the alphabet that strike terror in most of us. These are the three letters you need to avoid at all costs. I-R-S. If the IRS is coming after you for $15,000 or more in back taxes, you don't want to fight them alone. You need the help of the tax resolution experts at U.S. Tax Relief. They've helped thousands of people like you eliminate up to 85% of their delinquent taxes. If you qualify, U.S. Tax Relief can settle your tax debts for less than you owe, remove penalties and interest, and protect you from bank levies and garnishments. If you owe the IRS at least $15,000 in back taxes, call U.S. Tax Relief now for a free consultation and see how much money they can save you. Call 800-989-1694. For thousands of years, people from the Brazilian rainforest have used the Asahi Berry for its amazing health benefits. Now we've learned it's also an amazing weight loss supplement. If you're looking to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds or more, then the Ultimate Asahi Diet may be your solution. The Ultimate Asahi Diet is loaded with pure organic Asahi extract powder and other great herbs like hudia and green tea. You'll burn fat, control your appetite, and get an energy surge like you've never felt before. If you want to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds, order the Ultimate Asahi Diet right now. We'll even give you a free bottle when you order two, plus give you free shipping. Call 800-430-4147, 800-430-4147. Welcome back. You're listening to the True Seekers Radio Show. Today, my guest is Will Estrada, Director of Homeschool Legal Defense Association, and we're discussing Common Core Standards. And, Will, I just want to... Uh, backtrack just a little bit going back to let's follow the money because I think this is a really important point to to uh, bring out so just confirm they that the local districts or the state the states are getting money correct to to sign on to this that is correct. They got it through the Race to the Top program, which was this competition between the states to uh, get the $4.5 billion that was funded through Race to the Top. So it's kind of ironic, Angeline, that, there, that when you think of it, $4.5 billion is not a huge amount. However, it was coming at the time of the great economic downturn in 2009. The states weren't even promised that they would get this money. It was a competition, and one of the ways that they could increase their chances of of being selected was to show that they have adopted the common core. But the states went for it hook, line, and sinker. 
There is one other way, though, that the federal government is is pressuring the states into adopting the Common Core, and this is through the No Child Left Behind waivers. Many of our listeners have probably heard about this. Uh, no Child Left Behind, again, was the 2001 law that President Bush signed, which was supposed to really turn uh, the, some failing schools around. And instead, as the years have gone on, it's really uh, been illustrated to be hampering schools. The schools have no flexibility to teach the way they need to, to, um, to bring in students who might otherwise be failing. And so one of the requirements was that states had to show proficiency. And if they didn't, they could lose all federal education dollars. And so the states are, are desperate now because they're not ready they're not ready to meet these benchmarks. And so Secretary of Education Arne Duncan is granting waivers to the states. And one of the requirements, though, in order to receive a waiver, is you have to show that your standards are college and career ready. The only state that has received a waiver from No Child Left Behind that has not adopted the Common Core is uh, Virginia. And they had to show how their SOLs, their standards of learning, were similar to the Common Core. So it's it's really, I think, pressuring the states from the federal government to adopt the Common Core, or else there's always that implicit threat that you may not receive the federal education dollars that the Department of Education doles out. And when you follow the money, many of the supporters of the Common Core, and, and some of them are you know good people. I'm not saying that they're out to destroy America or anything, but – Many of the supporters of the Common Core say, oh, well, this is it's voluntary. It's state-led. The federal government isn't requiring us to adopt the Common Core. And I say, yeah, but look at the money. If, they are, if they're using the power of the purse and the power of waivers to kind of coerce the states into adopting the Common Core, then I think it's not voluntary. Mm-hmm. Um, well, also, the National Education Association website, I was on there when I was looking into this, and it they pretty much said about two-thirds of teachers and education support professionals are behind Common Core. Now, let's go to the real world. Has it been your experience that this is true? Do you think it's that high? The the point you need to look at, there are two things that we need to look at, Angelina, and the first one is many of the people who actually drafted the standards are now coming out and saying, we never signed off on these standards, they're not what we thought they would be, and, and we oppose the standards. People like Zev Verman, people like uh, um, some of the other people who helped draft them, going through my list right now of, of their names, um, uh, got it right here, yeah, people like Jason Zimba, people like Zev Verman, uh, many of these other people who helped to draft the Common Core, now they're coming back and saying, wait a minute, this is not going to help our educational success. So you first got the people who actually worked on the Common Core who were saying there are some concerns here. And then I think what you have is, is as more people are finding out how the Common Core is going to look in reality, they're speaking out against it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think their numbers are wrong. That maybe maybe back when the Common Core was first being drafted, it's easy to support something in concept. But when you see how it's actually going to be taught in the classroom, then you say, wait a minute, this is not what we signed up for. And we're hearing of more and more public school teachers who are saying this is tying our hands, this is controlling us from the top of how to teach, and it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're also saying on their website, the NEA, they're emphasizing uh, – that these standards are designed to help all students, especially those that are economically disadvantaged because of larger class sizes or outdated resources. But the truth is, isn't this kind of what No Child Left Behind was about as well as making things equal for all kids everywhere? I mean, is this really a valid argument for them? Is it? I mean, we've, we've already shown that it, it really doesn't work. What are your thoughts on that? Angeline, when you look at the history of public education in our country, you can really see I, – I see it in only, one, in only one way, that the more the federal government has gotten involved, the more we've had a top-down approach to education, 
the less success we've seen in the educational outcomes of our children. You look at the history of our country when up until uh, you know the 1840s and the Massachusetts Board of Education and some of the – and Horace Mann and the people who were involved there, education was, was 100 percent local. It wasn't even State Department of Education, State's Department of Education. You had the local school district and the local school board and the parents making all these educational decisions. The literacy rate was incredibly high, and we're not talking about just being able to read signs when you go shopping. We're talking about people who knew a second language, who knew Greek and Hebrew and Latin, who had a classical liberal arts education. And as we've seen more and more growth in the federal role in education, it started in 1965, the Elementary and Secondary Education Act, Lyndon B. Johnson. The Elementary and Secondary Education Act of 1965, Angeline, was 36 pages long. In 2001, which was the seventh reauthorization of ESEA, the No Child Left Behind bill, the bill was over 600 pages long. And we've seen more – we don't see the academic success improving. We actually see on the NAEP scores, the National Assessment of Education Progress, that kids in public schools are, are continuing to uh, do poorly. And there's no growth in the educational outcomes. We've thrown billions of dollars into our public schools. We have uh, – we've had more and more top-down federal involvement in education. The U.S. Department of Education in Washington, D.C. now has 7,000 staff. We're, we look at our local public schools. We have more and more administrators and less teachers in the classroom because we've got to comply with all of these federal mandates and bureaucracy. And what do we have to show for it? More of our kids are failing, particularly in inner-city schools. More of our kids are, are failing to graduate, are failing to come out with the skills they need to be productive members of the workforce or to go into college. Higher education is complaining that the first two years of colleges are just spent on remediation because the kids are graduating from high school, those who do graduate, and they're not ready for, for a college education. And I say we've got to do something different. You're absolutely correct that it seems like, like the Common Core is, and the argument that, well, this will help the failing kids and the kids who are in failing schools, that's the same reason that they sold No Child Left Behind to us. And now everyone agrees that No Child Left Behind is a disaster. We've, we've got one of two things we can do. They say that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. And when it comes to our kids, we can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. A lack of educational success leads to more crime, more poverty, more welfare. Kids who they're, – they're in this cycle, and what you need is you need a, a, an excellent education so they can lift themselves out of it. And I would – Submit, and I think that the success of homeschooling shows this is that local parent teacher led education is what we need. We've got to unhandcuff the parents, we've got to unhandcuff the teachers, and we've got to let them excel in the classroom. And then I think we turn our educational system around. And it's, it's sad because the Common Core doesn't do that. We're following the same failed policies as No Child Left Behind. Okay, well, Will, we're running out of time, but real quickly, what actual action steps could you advise parents who maybe have children in public school that are facing this Common Core? What would you tell them that they can actually do? Three things. First one is familiarize yourself with the issue. We've got a great webpage, www.hslda.org slash common core. We also have information about how you can get involved in the next two issues. So first, familiarize yourself. Second of all, speak out. Speak out to other parents, other parents in your public school, private school, in your homeschool organization. Speak out at PTA meetings. Speak out uh, to your teachers in the public school and the administrators. And then third one is get involved in politics. You've got to reach out to your state legislators, your state senator, your state delegate or representative, write letters to them, call them about this, and then reach out to your governor as well and tell him or her that you feel the Common Core has been adopted without enough buy-in from parents and teachers and that we, there's got to be a pause on it till people can understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. And, Will, can you give your website addresses again, please? I'd be happy to, Angeline. It's www.hslda.org, and then you can visit our microsite on the Common Core at www.hslda.org slash Common Core. Listeners, today my guest has been Will Estrada. Thanks again for taking time out of your day to listen to the True Seekers radio show. Until next week, 
God bless.